TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. I think with the good cutter that Martina's shown that a lot of hitters, especially the right-handed hitters that he faces, they do expand because it's a good pitch. It's a pitch that does get swings and misses. The team we just faced over here, they didn't expand very much. They looked like good, tough pitches that they just laid off of, and you know we weren't able to end a few of those at-bats that Martin usually gets uh, those at-bats to end pretty quickly. And, and it wasn't the ideal uh, start, and I'm sure Martin wants a few pitches back, but uh, I think we were forced that by the good at-bats and laying off some of those tough pitches that those guys had. That is Rocco Baldelli, and he's right about Martin Perez. This is the Score North First Place Twin Show. I'm Derek Wetmore with Judd Zolgad and Manny Hills on the other side of the glass, putting together montages, pulling sound, and chiming in on five thoughts. We just had fun talking about Craig Kimbrell for I don't know how long, and I'm not done. I'm not done having fun talking about Craig Kimbrell, and that is because, as Judd wrote for scorenorth.com the other day, Monday is decision day. Monday is the day that the Major League Draft gets started. It's next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, as of Sunday at midnight, when the clock strikes midnight, you are now free from draft pick compensation to sign either Craig Kimbrell or Dallas Keuchel. Anyone who turned down a qualifying offer and is still unsigned. Judd, you wrote on, what day was that? Thursday? Two days ago. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday evening. Wednesday night that Craig Kimbrell is still a consideration for the Twins. There's still talk about him becoming a member of the Twins. What do you what do you what do you put the percent chance at? I hate that question. You know I always just say non-zero just to dodge the question, mm-hmm. but I actually view this as a somewhat realistic possibility. Am I crazy to think that come Monday afternoon we could be talking about Craig Kimbrell on the score North first place twin show. No, I don't think you're crazy. I'd put it out. If you maybe do a percentage, I would put it at probably considering the teams that will be after him. There are going to be a few, something yeah. like 15%. Sure. Yeah. 15, 20, so. 25. I do. I do think it's very s- simple. I think that there's a percentage chance uh, that these guys are going to work pretty hard to at least be competitive to sign Kimbrell. I think Keuchel's out. I think Keiko's going to the okay. Rays, the Yankees, but I'm not taking a chance, and I don't think that the Twins will, on a starter who is not going to... You, you don't know, as Perk told you guys yesterday, you don't necessarily know where he's going to slot in, but it certainly probably wouldn't be among the top three. Sure. And, the, and you've seen, you know, as far as him coming back and pitching, and, and I saw uh, Scott Boris's agent, I think, yesterday or or today, and I'm not surprised, said, oh, he could be ready in two weeks to pitch. No, he can't be. He's going to have to go to the minor leagues. He's going to ha- have to go on a rehab type of assignment. He's been throwing sim games. That's not the same. So, in my opinion, while the Twins have been keeping tabs on Keuchel, I think Keuchel's out, and I think Kimbrel is a possibility. Uh, and I do, and I'll, I'll go back to what I've been saying now for a while. I think it's eventually by July 31st, one and one. I think if you have serious aspirations of being a World Series team, you need to add a starter, and you need to add one which you would consider fairly dominant arm to the pen. And and after that, you might make changes as well, but you need a, a one-and-one. You need a starter and a guy who can come out of the pen and get crucial outs, and, a, and that guy is not here right now. So devil's advocate, some people would say you trade for those guys. You, hey, you got tons of prospects. It wouldn't cost you you know, both arms and both legs to get 
one or the other done. So the Twins probably do have the trade ammunition to be able to go and say, all right, here's a couple couple minor leaguers that we like. we got a good future, but you got to make tough decisions in this business, and we're throttling down for a World Series run. They could say that without touching either one of these guys. They don't need Keuchel or Kimbrell in that sense. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you that they're going to need to add to make this thing a legit World Series contender, but... Would you rather trade or are you on Team Craig Kimbrell just because now you could keep your prospects and just pay cash? Because Ra- I, I, should, I should preface that by saying Rami's Team Craig Kimbrell. I would need to know what the trade for the bullpen arm is. I'm comfortable making the trade and ha- having it be a fairly significant prospect, not probably one of those top two, but a fairly significant uh, prospect for the starter because that to me is going to be a top three guy. Top two or three guy, probably two guy. Uh, the bullpen arm, you you would need to tell me what the scenario is of the potential trades. The Kimbrel, the Kimbrel thing though intrigues me, and, and the thing that scares me a little bit is if, if you go back and look at his um, uh, postseason stats from a year ago with Boston, they weren't good. But if that's done now, if he's going to be fine and he can come out of the uh, bullpen and be a um, be himself, then I'm fine. But if you tell me that I can get bullpen help and the cost is not going to uh, to be huge, a trade would intrigue me. I just I see it being pursue Kimbrel in this window of opportunity that's going to present itself on Monday morning, Derek, and and the pursuit of a starter is probably going to have to come at the price of a fairly significant prospect or two. Or two, yeah, or three. It, it, it depends, depends who you're going after. So you say Monday there's this uh, negotiation going on. It's my understand, not understanding like I talked to somebody, but I would be shocked if this wasn't the case that Scott Boris knows the price every suitor is willing to pay for Dallas Keuchel mm-hmm. on Monday. Like this is not one of those well, he, tampering windows he opens. Right now. Exactly right. Yeah. There Today as we sit, yep. Craig Kimbrell and his representations also know, hey, these are the teams that are in. These are the numbers that they'd go. Maybe there's some last-minute adjustments or teams are talking about, well, if somebody you know outbids us, what would it take? And maybe you're talking years and stuff. But I think, by and large, they know what they'd be lined up to get. So if you're the Twins, what I would do is, here's the number, here are the years, team options, whatever the contract looks like, because I, I wouldn't like a one-year deal personally, but that's just me. Here's what it looks like, yes or no. We want to know Sunday afternoon just so we know to prepare for a press conference or not. And if it's not, then that's fine. Then we'll turn our attention somewhere and else. It, and that's right. the problem. That's he's, what I hope he does. He's, he's going to take that contract then and shop that to a competitor of the Twins. I hope or he does. A team. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a very real chance that they are involved in the Kimbrel sweepstakes and discussions. And I think the Keiko thing is going to be... He's going somewhere, but I don't think it's here. Yeah. Nope. I wouldn't think so. We we listed five during Five Thoughts earlier today. We listed five potential destinations for Kimbrel. And I got to say, it was harder to cut down the list than it was to come up with five. I mean, you fought five off the top of your head. Sure. So then I just tried to carve it up and make it as fun as possible. So I put the Brewers and the Cubs on there because Rami was sitting in that chair. So we had some fun with it. But I also think there's just a, a number of teams who could get in on this fun sweepstakes. And Rami actually brought up the point that, like, over the winter we were annoyed by this, Judd. I mean, not just us. It it wasn't media. It wasn't just 
objective observers, it was fans, casual and hardcore, all the same. It was annoying that good players, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel, slid into spring training without a job. Mm-hmm. Now that we've gotten to this point and it's just a weekend away, this is kind of fun. No, it's not. This drives me crazy. You don't think so? No, that was the stupidest thing of all time. The fact that those guys sat on the open market when every other sport, the NBA Finals, I don't really care. But you know what? I'm excited for June 30th. Yes. When NBA free agency is going to start and it's going to be outstanding. And for this joke of a sport to have its free agents sit out there and now and you know, some arbitrary June date that's attached to qualifying offers and the draft. No, it's stupid. This is absolutely stupid. And this is why this sport needs a work stoppage ASAP to get this corrected. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and pat these bozos on the back. (laughs) Figure your problems out. So I'll be clear. I don't think it's a great look for baseball, especially casual fans who already think there's just like infinity problems with the sport can't be fixed. But I look at this from uh, an observer of the Twins, and I cover the Twins, and I'm talking Twins five days a week on Score North. This is fun to me. The fun of it comes in that it's so unusual. It's so rare that at the end of June, early July, you're talking about, I'm sorry, end of, end of May, early June. Typically what you're doing at this time of year, Judd, is trying to get a gauge on how, how good is this team, yeah, but buyers we, and sellers. That's what we should be doing. We're, but that's just because we're used to it. No, but this, this year, but this is flawed. But but there's nothing good here. This this is a completely flawed, screwed up system. I think it's fun as a one off. No, I think it's zero because here's where the fun resides. The fun resides in the winter when guys hit the market and we sh- had that fun. And sh- no, we did. Bryce signed with the Phillies. No, Manny took, went to the took, Padres, and it took way too long. Yeah, it was in the, the spring instead of the winter. It's completely flawed. I could fix it in two seconds. It's stupid. I'm I not think, going along with that. No. So, and I'll ask you for your fix real quick. But I do think that the fact that a, this isn't going to last forever. Baseball is going to fix this mm-hmm. because the players' union hates this. They better hate this. This is bad. Two good players. Yeah, it's why they need a striker work stuff. So they'll, or at least to threaten that and come together and figure out your problem so everybody can keep making money and we can keep watching baseball. That would be great. That's what I'm pulling for. But how do you, without going too deep down this, how do you fix this? Because I think it's fun for this deadlines. one summer. Winter, winter deadlines. So if you don't sign by yes. X, you can't sign. Uh, you've got to come up with, we, in fact, we did this, was it Mackie and I or Royce and I or all three of us? We did this last. Some great minds in that. We did this there. last year and basically came up with a Christmas deadline of signing guys okay. and and expediting a process. You need to keep your fans engaged in in what used to be called the hot stove, sure, because that's good <laughs> sure. for business. And this whole thing of Machado and, and Harper and your your A level superstars sitting out there. For basically what feels like in perpetuity is ridiculous. But we yeah, we we came up with a whole whole plan of deadlines and it would it would get guys signed. And oh. so and I would not mind if the sole conversation right now was talking about uh who, who might become available and potential trades, I'd be fine with that. And yes, Kimbrell and Keiko. Being out there now does provide fodder. I get that completely, but the reasons why is stupid. As you're sitting in your our stupid den, proper English. I, yes, people used to call them man caves. I don't really like the term. I resent the term den. Okay. With sports memorabilia strewn about, and your bobbleheads and your twins jersey, and you're watching this game. Yeah. 
on Thursday night where the Twins are just getting crushed by the Rays, but that's okay. Optimism reigns. We're 20 games above 500. 10-game lead on the Indians. This is all great. Yep. Don't you love that it's possible that you could now add an elite reliever at no cost of prospects in early June and your team just suddenly looks better? If I'm the Twins, yes. Right. Yeah. If I'm the Twins, I do. And if I'm fans, I am excited now. Right, right. But you are costing. But but the thing that we need to keep going back to is the fact of the matter is it's a short-term buzz. And the problem was was you gave up when every other I like sport buzzes. when every other sport has harnessed the ability to create interest in, in itself during what are considered its down months. Baseball's too stupid to get there. Oh. And now and now we get this short term, oh, this is fun. Well, yes, it's fun. But the trade-off of what happened in the winter when we didn't have things to talk about because this godforsaken group of people can't get their act together. Is the problem? So I'm not buying into. I'm not buying into that. This is a good thing. If you're a Twins fan right now, yes, it's sort of fun. Right. But if you're a baseball fan, no, it stinks. Right. right. This is fun because this is a buzz that you weren't expecting. Now, Craig Kimbrell's on Sports Center on Sunday night, going into the deadline. Before you think they were talking about the MLB draft, but are you trying to are talk we mock drafting the first round? A, no, but the Twins being good is fun. Correct. You, you got that. Correct. You've got that. And I'm, now you can multiply. I'm trying. I'm trying to fix baseball. I here. get it from I'm, a from yes. a macro perspective. I'm with you. I'm just poking the bear. It's yeah, fun. No, yo, you're not going to get me to buy into this <laughs> asinine theory that baseball is doing anything right here. But in this short period here, for the Twins and their fans and fans of the Rays or the Yankees or Cubs yeah. or Brewers or anybody who could make sense for Craig Kimbrell or Dallas Keuchel, this is fun. If it helps the Twins, that's great. My gambling right now tells me that Keiko scares me. Okay. I don't I don't trust a starter who has not pitched. Now could Kimbrell turn out to scare me too? Absolutely. But I think I give a better chance as Perk talked about. I give a better chance for the reliever to step in quickly and have an impact as opposed to Keiko who's going to get paid a lot for probably a year or so. So I what what was the salary that Buster had? 18 million for prorated 18 million. Sure, cuz that I was like the a one year deal which would come out to 11 mil if I'm not mistaken. Sure, okay. Uh but if I'm a gambling man and That's I'm, easy for me. and I'm the Twins and I'm deciding that I can roll the dice on one and it's going to be one, it's not both. If you can roll the dice on one of these two, I think I probably roll the dice on uh, Kimbrel. Yeah. That's that's easy for me if it's especially that 18. I'd also like another year if I can, if I can give you so a two-year deal with an option for a third or something like that so the number looks bigger. What does Kimbrel want? Because Keiko has now come down to one year. If I had that answer for you, we would have. Do we know? Have, have we seen? No, I've not seen reports. Keiko no. is now, Boris has, I think, made it very clear to his, his uh, friends who are sources or who, who are sourced in with Boris that it's going to be a year. And, you know, if Keiko wants, or I'm sorry, if Kimbrell wants two, that's fine. But um, I have not seen officially leaked out yet what, what he wants. And that and now that gets to be, okay, is he still trying to get a big payday here or has he come down to, let's say, two or three years? I know somebody who might know what he wants, Judd. It's no guarantee or anything like that, but we do have a caller into the Score North First Place Twin show. Howard in Chicago. Hey, Howard, how are you? It's pretty good. There's no way in God's green earth I would sign Keigel. We know that guys who don't pitch in spring training really haven't been that successful coming in in June, July. And for Kimberly, the way you pitch the second half of the year, you really want him? 
There's a reason why no one's signing these guys. They overvalue their talent. Okay, the worst thing that baseball ever did was allow free agency on this magnitude because only eight or nine teams can bid on them. But if you think I would give either of these guys the money that they're thinking for more than one year, no way. Hmm. And, and that's why they aren't signed. It's nothing to do with the draft pick. But Howard, Kimbrell doesn't excite you at least a little bit, knowing you could put a potential weapon in the late innings and change your team in October? I'd rather go trade with Cincinnati for their closer. There you go. I like where your head is at, Rachel Iglesias. I, I want a guy who's been pitching for two months or three months, not a guy who hasn't thrown a ball since November or, or October. That's Love fair. It. That's fair, Howard. I hear you. Okay. Thanks Thank for the you. call. I'll talk to you. Can we uh, can we come back? Because I, I listened to the first hour of this show, and I realized something. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. I realized in the pump the brakes, uh, don't pump the brakes, cut the brakes culture. I realized the bomba soda way yeah, of life. I got news for you. I know who's driving now. It ain't Rami. Let's come back and talk about that. <laughs> okay. And next on the Score North First Place Twin Show. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Rez in some trouble here with a one-out single backed up by two walks. Out of the reach of Crone and into the corner. And now fumbled in the corner by Kepler, and another run is going to try to score. Arias' throw, not in time. Three runs score on a double, and there might be an error charged to Kepler at the back end of it all. 14-3 Twins lost last night uh, at Tampa Bay. Twins uh, are Twins a show with uh, Zolgad, Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill. Of course, we now go uh, five days a week with the Score North Twins show. Coming back on Monday from noon to two. All right, Derek, I'm going to tell you right now, I realized something about the cut the brakes movement that Rami has been um, uh, pressing here for weeks now as the Twins, or months now actually, as the Twins have had great success to start their season. I'm a little nervous where this is going to go. Well, don't be, because it's going to give you peace of mind. Oh, good. All right. It's going to give you peace of mind. Man, I sat this whole break, Manny. I was sweating in this chair thinking Judd was about to call me to the carpet for no, something. No, no. we go. It has nothing to do with you. All right, I feel better now. It what has, do you got? It has, to do, it has to do with Rami, who has claimed that he is driving the bus, but, but he is so excited that he has cut the brakes and is soon going to uh, come in back and join us all in the back of the bus where we're drinking kegs of beer and that there's not going to be a driver. And Kool-Aid. And Kool-Aid. And, yep. I, and I realized as I was driving here, listening to hour one of the Score North Twin Show, I realized something. And I don't like this because it's a pain. I don't like it because it's added responsibility. I don't like it because it's not as much fun as I initially hoped to have. But I realized something. Rami's not driving this bus at all. Oh, who is? He's in the back right now. Oh. I am. You're driving the bus. I'm driving the bus right now. And here's the problem. I'm driving the bus. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Judd Zolgad is is, driving this bus. Yeah, like breaking news here. I'm driving the bus. It's speed. I'm Keanu. Okay. The brakes are cut. Great book. We got to go 55 or this SOB is going to blow up. <laughs> yes, that's right. And last night, so the brakes are cut. I'm, I'm I'm trying to navigate this thing down the 405. I'm about to jump a bridge. But here's the problem. I looked at the oil gauge. 
It was leaking. Yeah, you don't want that. It was the it was instead of the oil gauge, Derek Wetmore, it was the Martin Perez gauge. Okay. It's leaking a little bit. Okay. My guy Rami's got no clue about this. He's back there having too much fun. He's drunk on twins Kool-Aid. Yes. Because what did I heard you guys talking in the first segment of this show today and the issue and I think you asked him what he made of the Perez start, and he said not much. And you said it would take, I think, three bad starts. Yeah. But here's why I'm driving. And this is what I've been trying to tell Rami and Phil. And I think you get this. This, But when you say, I'm comfortable with the status quo, you're like, take this into the playoffs. I keep saying no. No, no, because you want to be a World Series team. You don't want to take this thing... And it's going to go down to 53 miles per hour and blow the bleep up in October. That's right. What we saw from Martin Perez last night, and common sense tells you this, Odorizzi or Perez, and probably Martin, could crash. They could crash. And it would not be shot. If Martin Perez puts together a great first half and then crashes, you're not going to say, oh my God, I never saw that coming. You might be disappointed, right? So this is why I keep encouraging my partners here at the Great Score North that we need to have a thought process of it's one and one bullpen guy and starter because Martin Perez, if he needs to be, if he gets shuffled back a little bit, guess what? It's a good thing. You just gave me a reason to play this. Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. Love this movie. What do you do? What do you do? Question. Yeah. In fact, you know what? <laughs> He's Keanu. Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Dennis Hopper question oh, gosh, so for Derek Falvey. Pop quiz hotshot. Martin, <laughs> Martin Perez starts to struggle. What do you do, Derek? What are you going to oh, do? Yes. What are you going to do, Derek? How are you going to fix that? Derek Falvey, <laughs> big fan of the Score North First Place Twin Show. He was on it the other day. I, I like him, he too. He left their draft room to come talk to but us. If you don't think that, you just called him a hot shot. If you don't think that Derek Falvey is thinking he's got exactly what Judd Zolgad, a.k.a. Keanu, is thinking I right love now. It. I love it. You're crazy. You're exactly I'm right. I'm the bus. Okay, I'm ready to anoint you the bus driver, Judd. Judd the bus driver. We're going to continue calling him that until Rami figures out what the heck we're talking about. Because you're exactly... <laughs> Exactly right. You're exactly right. Your mentality is spot on. I don't know if it's a football thing. I don't know if it's your like your your sports paranoia that something's gonna break. This it's is executive great. paranoia. And it's what you need to have. Derek Falvey came on the show the other day, man. You remember what he told us? He said he got the job with the twins. I believe it was late 2016. And he got the job and it was a call from a rival executive. Now a rival, your idols become your rivals. He got the phone call that said, hey, congrats on the job. Welcome to one of the gigs where you are never comfortable. Mm-hmm. You are never comfortable in this job because you're always looking for what's next. You're going to lose a lot of sleep this weekend because the Major League Draft's coming up. And your franchise might hinge on it. But by the way, you've also got Dallas Keuchel sitting out there and Craig Kimbrell. Well, by the way, there's a trade market that's ready to go at any point now. You say the word, give up a top prospect, get a top arm. It's a challenging position to be in and i think they're all just as uh paranoid about some of this stuff as you are sometimes judd and i think your mentality is 100 percent right this is not about may june july this is about october and that's why 
I think that the Craig Kimbrell thing makes sense, but I, I, I'm with you. You're the bus driver. You have the big mentality that this club needs right now. The first place twins have not needed this mentality in a while. This year, they need it. And the Martin Perez gauge Keanu. right now leaked a little bit last night. Do you want? Do you like I'm Keanu or bus driver? Which is better? I, we got to come up with a nickname well, for this thing. What's Keanu's name? Jack? Well, yeah. Keanu's it's just Jack, got enough. Right? He's got yeah. enough characters that I wouldn't necessarily I, first associate him with and, speed. And remember, Sandra Bullock was actually the one that was driving the bus because the bus driver got accidentally shot. Yeah, that's right. When Keanu Reeves jumped that's, on that's the right, bus. That's right. That's right. What am I thinking? You're right. So are you but but he keeps the he keeps the pedal. Down. He's the the one who uh, rigs it up, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm. Well, you know, Rami's sitting in the back getting drunk on Twins yes. Kool Aid. <laughs> Partying with the rest of us. Rami's the guy who I, I believe was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, who's who eventually oh, is yeah. afraid to get on the platform yeah, thing yeah, yeah, and yeah. sort of falls, and they have to haul him <laughs> on the secondary bus. All right, Manny, we've got some uh, work to do this weekend. We're going to assign some characters oh, yes. for the Score North First Place Twin Show. We're going to figure this out, and Rami's going to be none the wiser, unless he's listening right now. It's the Bamba bus, though. The Bamba bus needs somebody. Yes, the to Bamba con- bus. It needs somebody to actually be. You can't take, because last night, you know what? Last night might have meant nothing. But for that night, it's instructive. It's instructive of where things. It's it's instructive of where things could go if you want to be a world champion. And I think it's unfair to assume that Martin Perez is totally fixed and that he's just fine, and you aren't going to to need help. And I guarantee you, Falvey and Levine are at least toying with that thought process. Not saying they're panicking, sure. but they got to be toying with that thought sure. process. Yeah, uh, the Bomba bus is being driven by Judd Zolgad right now. And there's a gap in the freeway coming up. <laughs> yep. Big gap in the freeway bridge coming up. Driving what around the, the great state of Bomba Soda, Judd on the Bomba bus. It is fantastic. I love it. It's. I won't spend too much time talking about soccer here, but I do have a comparison for you. Sure. Tomorrow is the Super Bowl of your European soccer. Champions League final, June 1st in Madrid. My Tottenham Hotspur are in it. Underdogs, but in it. And Liverpool is the favorite. And one of the things that frustrates me, I've only been a Spurs fan for a couple of years now, so you don't have to like tweet me and congratulate me or anything like that. I'm a front runner. But the mentality of fans of Liverpool and fans of Tottenham are so shockingly different Liverpool fans are expecting to win and they're expecting it to be a laugher they know Tottenham's a good club but they're expecting it to be a laugher they have big club mentality Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of Tottenham fans who privately are just happy to be there and they're just content to well we made it to the Champions League final what a magical run this has been it's the Minneapolis miracle you're excited to have won the game no go win the next game yep have a bigger club mentality. And I think that's what this is going to be a bit of a make or break summer in my mind for this Twins front office. I think they're going to do the right thing because I do think that specifically Derek Falvey and definitely Thad Levine, because he's been in situations like this before with Texas, I do think they have big club mentality. We just haven't seen it from the Twins under their watch. So this will be the first summer where we really put that theory to the test. Do you have... Big club mentality, and are you thinking about October? And I, I am with you in the sense that I think the answer to that question is definitely yes. I think so, too. Now, the fans, listen, we're paranoid and cynical, and we should be. My God, we, have not, seen, we have not seen the Twins, Vikings, Wolves, or Wild, or, or North Stars before the Wild win a world championship since 1991. Many people are aging rapidly now without having seen a World Series championship. 
But I think that these guys who run the Twins are wired the right way. And I think they see exactly what we see, which is a good team. And I think that they're reasonable, non-panicky, but very smart people as well who are going to say, boy, if we could go get Mad Bum at the right price, and now and now we can uh, shift everybody back one spot in that rotation, that sure looks good. Don't you? And here's and here's the other thing. Here's the and this is the G this is I think sports genius. I said that genius. I don't use it often here. But the twins right now are I think well run. I think they're likable. I think the people that run them and manage them are likable. I also think they're completely calculated and cold blooded and I love it. And I'm going to give you a small example from last night of a move that if it not done correctly, we all could be going like, that was really mean. They'll look you in the eye and smile and shake your hand, but you're saying they're killers. They are. Yes. They they have a mentality that does not scream, I'm from the Midwest. Zach Littell. I'm saying that right, right? Yep, you got it. Zach Littell. 23-year-old reliever. Might have a bright future, might not. Don't know. Honestly, don't care. He was brought in last night in a game where, if you think about it, I think a Guardy game. I don't mean to pick on Guardy, but let's pick on Guardy. Perez has fallen apart. Okay, get him out. Smart move. Get him out. He's gone. That becomes a bullpen game then, right? You look at the box score. Let's take uh, circa, let's say this is 2011. Okay. I was going to say 2006 I could rattle off every Okay, but <laughs> but let's say there. but let's say let's say it's circa 10 11. Okay. How many pitchers deep do you think last night's 14-3 box score goes for the Twins? Yeah. Yeah. Uh But take a guess. Like give give me a Yes, six guys pitch. They all throw an inning. One guy tries to go to exactly. can't get out of it, so they go get the next guy. Zach Latell is left in for four and a third, gives up eight runs, gets absolutely positively hammered. I would argue maybe abuse of an employee. But you know what they did? They did the exact right thing. Because Marin then comes in, I believe. Yep. Morin. Pitched the eighth. And and throws the eighth. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And so you had a guy eat the rest of that game. And postgame, Rocco. Let's see here. Postgame, Rocco Baldelli on Zach Littell, who was nothing more than a sacrificial lamb last night. Quote, he picked us up in a big way, and we told him that, and we'll tell him that again, Boldelli told reporters. It's not the easiest situation to be thrown into because you're expected to go out there and throw strikes and sort of attack hitters even though we are down. He did that, and he gave us a chance to not have to use several of our relievers. What Rocco Baldelli did there, and and I've decided he is a diplomat of diplomats. He's great at this. He is. But, yep. but for Rocco to basically basically... Use this kid, gives up eight runs, it's brutal, the stat line is awful, the ERA drastically goes up. But then to turn around and say to the kid and the locker room, right, Derek? You did your job. You're saying it to both of them. You did your job, and I'm looking you in the eye, knowing that what I did was probably not the nicest thing, right? But it was a necessary thing. But that is the that is the mentality, in my opinion, of this club where Rocco comes, you know, he's a laid back guy, right? Laid back and starts just a a big piece on on how he doesn't find guys and you can show up when you want. But when Rocco has to do it, Rocco will make decisions that a lot of people in this sport can't make. And I I admire that. 
And it is it always going to sit well with players? Probably not. But it's always what's for the best of that team. You know what your theory here that they're just cold-blooded assassins? Because you're not saying Rocco. You're saying Rocco's a part of the assassination team. Thad Levine yeah. is on this, this was, list. Derek Falvey is on this list. This was a relief pitcher mob hit. I'm, I'm serious. It, it was a relief pitcher. You, you, gave, you gave up eight runs, Derek. Yeah. Yeah, four and a third innings. Yes. Think and they care that. more about the four and a third number than they, they do about the eight number. And you know what? They're right. Yeah, because now you got a chance tonight. You got yes. your full complement, more or less, of relievers to use exactly against a good tell. team. You don't exactly tell. Yeah, or uh, Perez. That's okay. the only two guys you got to go without. Other than that, you feel pretty good about your chances tonight. And they're always setting themselves up to win tonight's game. I, I don't think there have been a lot of things where they're like, ah, we'll 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 take the loss here so that we can set ourselves up for the future. They try to win Every game. They manipulate their roster. Sorry. They use their roster to try to get to a point where they have a shot every single night. And so it reminded me of a Thad Levine quote that I think we maybe took the wrong way the first time it was said. Mm -hmm. Remember in the winter when we were talking at Twins Fest and Thad Levine addressed a town hall style room in that that Puckett Plaza there in the, uh, what's that called? Legends Club. Thank you. When that crowd heard what Thad Levine said, I think they were disappointed. I think they said, oh, that's a, that's loser talk. He was talking about Bryce Harper. He was talking about Manny Machado. And I'm here to tell you that what he said was winner talk. And I couldn't exactly remember the quote. So I went back and I found, Judd, you and I had an email exchange about this quote, actually. I'll, oh, yeah. just, I'll just read the Thad Levine quote for you. He was asked by a little uh, nine-year-old boy about, have you even thought about signing Bryce Harper and Manny Machado? They're out there. You could get better. What do you think? It's a great pointed question, and it didn't make Thad squirm for one second. He said, like, honestly, we have thought about it. I'm paraphrasing. But I'll get to the point of the quote that I think is winner talk. He was talking about windows and how the twins, uh, maybe the windows open, maybe it's not. They weren't quite sure. He said, quote, my view of it is the best time to acquire players of that magnitude is when your window to win is wide open. Not when you've got your fingers underneath the window and you're trying to jam the window open. I want to do it when we are projected to win the American League Central and we are ready to put our foot on someone's throat. That's the time to make those types of moves. He was talking generally That's the end of the quote, by the way. He's not talking about Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. Specifically, he's talking about high-impact players. And if you deem that Craig Kimbrell is one of those high-impact players, that's the first thing. I mean, you got to figure that out. I kind of think he is. I know you think he is. Rami does. Manny does. Maybe the Twins disagree, and we'll see. That's fine. But if you deem him to be that type of player, the Twins are ready to step on somebody's throat. The Twins are not in this passive, oh, it's pretty fun to be leading the American League Central. Boy, isn't this a cheery pop-up season for us. Let's all sell some tickets and have some beer and have fun. Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are in the driver's seat of a club that's going to win the American League Central right now. And I think they know now what they didn't know five months ago. They're ready to step on someone's throat. I think they're going to do it. Whether it's a signing or a trade or something like that, that quote to me is... That is that is an assassin. That is what an assassin would say. Yeah. We all took it as passive at the time as, 
I, I think the general consensus was, oh, they're 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 punting on Bryce Harper. Of course, they're not going to sign Bryce Harper. Sure. Of course, it's the Twins we're talking about. And I think Thad Levine put two layers out there. He's a genius, and I think he put two things out with that quote. One is, yeah, with Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, it's not time. This isn't going to happen. They'll sign somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Part two is, when it's time, look out. Well, and he was saying flat out, and he was right. I don't know how good we are. Which is honest. He didn't know. Now they know. He didn't know. This is a good baseball team. Correct. It's built a big league in the a big lead in the American League Central. They're not going anywhere. Uh, they're they're probably going to win that division. They're going to the playoffs. Yep. And now it's about what do you do to in, enhance your chances if, once you're there. If this group of people needs to hurt feelings at the sake of trying to win, they will do it in a heartbeat and not think about it. I mean, it sounds and, savage, and but it's no, that's what executives no. do. Are you in this in this town, sports wise? <laughs> right. If you're good at it, that's what we want. Yeah, I don't yeah. care about people's feelings. I want to win something. I'm tired of this crap. I think they draw a fine line there because they care about feelings on an individual level to get the but, most out of you. But they're not going to to take a loss or take a, a worser performance so that they don't have to have an uncomfortable conversation. They pull strings very smart, like a puppet master would again to get the most from you. It's great. It's great. Take a break. Come back. A final segment. Uh, Mark Topkin, who covers the Rays for the Tampa Bay Times, joins us next. It is the Score North Twin Show. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. Another double by Christian Arroyo. And the Rays are teeing off on Zach Littell. It was a laugher last night. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. Dick Bramer on the call. This is the Score North Twin Show. I'm Derek Wetmore with Judd Zulgad and Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. We're joined by Mark Topkin, who covers the race for the Tampa Bay Times. Mark, how are you today? Doing fine, thanks. How about yourselves? Great, great. We are great in Minnesota. Things are going, I would say, surprisingly well for the Twins. And I want to ask you about Rocco Baldelli in a second. But first, I'd say that some outsiders are also surprised how well it's going for the Rays. Uh, Vague question, but how are they doing it when the talk all winter was they're not going to spend, they're not going to spend, and now they're one of the best teams in baseball? Yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting... uh unfolding of the season, I guess, the first two months. But I, I do think there was some uh, optimism here and, and uh, with a lot of the teams talking to people like in spring training and scouts and stuff, that that was a, a pretty good core of the team that they had last year that ended up with 90 wins and played so well in the second half when they kind of transitioned to a, a group of the young players and kind of turned things over to them. And yeah, whether it was Jose Alvarado and Diego Castillo in the bullpen and Willie Adamas and then Jake Bowers, who they ended up trading, uh, and some of the pitchers that they use in those unconventional roles, kind of pitching behind the opener like Yanni Chirinos and Ryan Yarborough, and a guy they got in a trade last July, uh, Jalen Beek. So it was it was kind of a, a, a assembly assembling process in the second half last year. And I think because they finished with 90 wins, they felt good about their core. They did they did get rid of some guys, and mm-hmm. CJ Crone was a guy they kind of got nothing for, and um, obviously he's landed on his feet. With the Twins, they traded Jake Bowers, which was a surprise, but they got Yandy Diaz from the Indians, who's been really, really good for them. 
And they did spend, uh, for them, it was a large sum of money, $30 million over two years, the largest actual annual salary in team history in signing Charlie Morton, who you guys saw last night, has mm-hmm. been really good for them as well. So it's not a surprise that they're good. I think it's been a surprise, and, and certainly earlier in the year when they had the best record in the majors, that was probably a surprise that they were good at that level. Sure. And the Twins and Rays will do battle three more times this weekend. As it stands right now, the Twins are nine and a half games up in the Central. The Rays are just a half game back of the Yankees in the American League East. And I'm curious to to get the mentality of the Rays. I mean, you've been covering them uh, your Twitter bio says forever, which I kind of like that. We're going to go with that. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a outward perception and then there's Ray's perception of what they think of themselves. How are they viewing it with the American League uh, East not being as top-heavy as we thought? Obviously, the Yankees having a bunch of guys on the IL and the Red Sox just not getting off to the start they envisioned. Are they confident in that division or are they going to have to bolster this thing to make a run in October? I think I'd probably say both to your question because I think they feel like they are good enough to compete. I think, you know, no one expects the Red Sox to stay down. The Rays expect them to make a run at some point and be the Red Sox again. And, you know, it's remarkable what the Yankees have done. I mean, you know, seriously, if you take the Twins and Rays out of it, I mean, the Yankees are the most impressive team in baseball for yeah. all that they've done with all the guys they have hurt. I mean, if you really get down to it. So I think the Rays see it as a three team battle. And, you know, for two spots in, in theory, and maybe for three spots, depending on, you know, where the other wild card were to come from. But I also do think they're going to make some moves. I think all the teams will, and all the contending teams. And I know, you know, there's been chatter. You know, Kimbrell's name comes up with every team. Obviously, that may finally, you know, Long National Nightmare may be over here hopefully the next two days. <laughs> and he signs with somebody. And he yes. can take Dallas Keiko with him, and we can kind of move on to the world here. <laughs> I mean, if these guys were that great, they're still not sitting there in June, you know, May 31st. But anyway, um, I think that, you know, the Rays are going to make some moves. One of the things that the owner has said, now, obviously, if this doesn't happen, it gives us all in the media lots of fodder to use on talk shows and newspaper articles. But part of the reason that they have such a low payroll, and it's really about 52. I've seen 60-something floating around on some of the websites. But the actual money they're paying the players on the field for them is $52 million. They've got some money they owe, like the Giants for Longoria and signing bonuses and Snell's deal and all that. But the actual payroll is about $52 million. And part of the reason they're doing that, or that they said they did that, was to have the flexibility to add on as the season goes on. So, you know, they could use some bullpen help. I think every team probably could, you know, depending on if and when Tyler Glass now comes back. They only have – they only use three starters as it is, but they've been getting by with two. So, uh, you know, they maybe would look at that if he's not going to be back as soon as they're hoping, which is right now after the All-Star break. Okay. And then, you know, is there room for another bat in there? I mean, they like Nelson Cruz. Before he ended up signing with the Twins, they were interested in him this offseason. So, you know, there's, there's potential to make some moves. Mark, is Keuchel going there? Do you think, I've heard, what, the Yankees, the Rays, among the contenders that have a good chance to sign Keuchel, what do you think the odds are that uh, Dallas Keuchel ends up in Tampa? I mean, if he's in Tampa or St. Pete, I think it'll be in a visiting uniform. I don't, I don't see him. <laughs> I don't. I just don't see. I mean, maybe I'm totally off base here, and then these guys, you know, pull, have pulled enough surprises on us over the years. That's one benefit of having covered them forever is that you can just say, "Look, I mean, they surprised us before." Yes. But <clears throat> I'd be shocked. I mean, if they're going to spend the money that it's going to take, they'd be much wiser to spend that in the bullpen than they would for a, another starter and a guy who, look, I mean, he's really good, but he wasn't all that good last year. Mm-hmm. And despite what Scott Boris said, I don't think he's pitching in a big league game within a week. 
right. and look back at, at Arietta and look back at Alex Cobb and all these guys who signed late last year. And by late then, we were talking about late in spring training. Right. And oh. the struggles they had. Now you're going to pop a guy out there who's been throwing simulated games in the Scott Boris you know, camp, the little you know, amusement park camp or whatever it is that he has over there, mm-hmm. training ground. And I, I just don't see that happening. So I, I long-winded answer, but I don't think Dallas Keiko comes here. I think if, if, if you were going to ask me a binary choice, which guy would they sign, mm-hmm. I think I'd probably pick Kimbrell every time. Sure. We're thinking the same thing up here. And I'd even add Lance Lynn to that late signing, struggling starters list. Uh, yeah, we, we were great one. very great one. familiar with that in Minnesota. Yeah. Before we let you go, Mark Topkin covers the Tampa Bay race for the Tampa Times. I'm curious... Your thoughts on Rocco Baldelli as a first-year manager. I know a lot of people were kind of surprised that he became such a hot managerial candidate. Um, a lot of people that didn't know him, I should say. What were your thoughts on him taking the Twins job and uh, really rising very high up on that list, sort of out of nowhere? The rock star, R-O-C-C, rock star. Nice. Well, I like that. Yeah, you can, you can use that. I don't, I don't have too much charge for the residuals. But... <laughs> no, we'll write no, you on the contract. Out. I, um, you know, and that just makes me sound old, but, you know, I've literally known Rocco since he was drafted in 2000. And, and you know, and, and when I say that, you know, in, in a journalist player slash, you know, coach context, but a guy that, you know, I've just, just known that whole time, always, you know, he's had time for me. I've had time for him. We've, you know, had talks. We've even had a couple of meals together. I mean, just a, a very sincere and electrical guy, a guy that you, you look forward to talking to, if that makes sense. I mean, yes. you, just, you take something out of the conversation. He has that innate ability that, that great leaders have to make you feel like you're the most important person in the room when he's talking to you, which is, is a great characteristic that a lot of people in leadership positions don't have. And he's really smart. I mean, it, Kevin Kiermeyer had a quote the other day, and I, I don't think he meant to make himself look bad, but he said that when Rocco was the coach here for the four years, and, you know, helping with the outfielders, Kiermeyer would say, we'd be talking about strategy, and he'd always bring up the stuff, all these things I never even thought of. And, and I said, okay, I'm going to take that as a positive on Rocco and, and not an indictment of Kermire. Right, yeah. But uh, it just, you know, that kind of guy, I think he lends something and adds something to, to every conversation, to every discussion. And as far as being a manager, I mean, I, I had a feeling at some point, I remember asking him when, when Joe Madden left after the 2014 season, and, you know, and I was charged with doing that list that you know, everyone does. Of course. do it up there. You know, oh, someone yeah. has to do that list, which then tends to get picked up on and, and you know we all copy each other and suddenly it's looks it's like it's the real list and right i actually called rocco and, and said you know i'm going to put you on this list and he said don't do it and i said don't make me don't make me regret trusting you and he said no it's not something i want to do right now and hmm. you know four years later obviously his his vision had changed and his view of himself had changed and his interest in doing that changed and i wasn't surprised at all he had you know he ended up doing five interviews for you know five of the openings and and I'm not, I swear I'm not just saying this to you guys. To me, I thought all along Minnesota or Toronto, just based on, you know, the ownership, the management, you know, the, the intelligence of the guys running those teams, that he would be a good match for them, a good match for those cities. I mean, I, Texas has some good people down there, but I didn't see Rocco Baldelli of Rhode Island going to live in Texas. <laughs> you know, I thought a city in the north. He's got, you know, other interests besides baseball. I think he's a great fit for the, the Twin Cities. I think that's a great match as far as, you know, just the, the culture and the, the excitement and the passion of the fans there. So, and he's used to being in cold weather. So yeah. I, I think it's a great situation. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Mark, thank you so much for your time and for your insight today. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. That is Mark Topkin. He covers the Rays for the Tampa Bay Times. You can follow him on Twitter, and that would be helpful this weekend as the Twins do battle with the Rays. 
at TB Times underscore Rays. That's where you'll find him. Great, great baseball writer, and we loved hearing his insight. This is the Score North first place twin show in Bomba Soda. For Judd Zolgat and producer Manny Hill, I'm Derek Wetmore saying have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.